Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Good. So, uh, as Greg said, I work for an organisation called Christians in Sport, and I've been here for two and a half years working for them. Uh, that's two and a half uh, days of my week. And then I also work two and a half days uh, for St Paul's Church as an assistant pastor. Uh, so that's uh, what my week consists of. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about Christian sport uh, as I speak uh, through uh, this morning. Uh, but um, a number of my teammates often ask me how Christian sport works and how uh, they get funding. Where does the funding come from? Uh, and uh, how I'm paid and how my salary works. And I uh, am a bit cheeky with this. I say that I work on commission. Uh, so I tell them that for every sports person that becomes a Christian, uh, I get a hundred quid on a bonus at Christmas. And they say, wow, is that how it works? And I say, yeah, I'll tell you what, if you become a Christian, I'll give you 50 quid, I'll keep 50 quid, and we both go home winners. And they're like, wow, that's so good. I said, no, 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 it's not the way it works. But I would still love you to become a Christian, so let's talk about that. Uh, but no, uh, it's a thrill to be working here for uh, Christian Sports, and uh, we're uh, very grateful for the support and the partnership that a number of churches around the island, including Lighthouse, give to the work, because it's not necessarily the work of uh, myself or the organisation, uh, but the local church. And we believe that we want to help bridge the gap between the world of sport and the church uh, to give those that are in the world of sport a chance to hear about Christ where they may feel uh, uh, not ready yet for church they may feel happy to come to a sports event uh, and hear something of the Christian message uh, there. So I'll tell you a little bit about that later, uh, but we're very thankful for all the support uh, that churches give, uh, including Lighthouse. It seems a long time ago now, but the Olympics happened around this time last year. Uh, we we're building up to the Rio Olympics in August last year. I wonder what your standout moment was of those Olympics. Uh, for me, uh, it was this uh, picture, or the, this picture, what led up to this picture, uh, which will be up on the screen. Uh, so, uh, that was my moment of the Games. Can anyone tell me what's happening here? Come on, someone must have seen it. It was a Friday night, the last Friday night of the Olympics. You can see, obviously, one sporting equipment in there. So it was the GB women's, Great Britain women's team winning Olympic gold. So they went seven games through the Olympic Games and won on penalty flicks uh, or penalty shootout against uh, the Dutch. The Dutch were going for their third gold medal in a row. So the Dutch were dominant and to be fair, in the game they were pretty dominant. But somehow Great Britain still managed uh, to win the game. So it was a thrilling result. But what makes it most thrilling is the journey that those GB women uh, team went on to get to this point. Now hear this, uh, in the previous Olympics, they'd come eighth place and sixth place in the previous two Olympics. The year before, they had competed in the World Hockey League and come seventh place. In the World Cup uh, a year before, they came 12th in that World Cup. It doesn't look like they were favorites to win uh, the gold medal. It would have seemed their dream of winning Olympic gold was way off. But somehow, despite these results, they managed to go through the whole Olympic Games with seven games unbeaten and winning Olympic gold. See, after all the failures and the false starts, they were all forgotten once they had that gold medal. 
See, as we share our faith and as we intend to share our faith, it can often feel like we have those false starts and failures more often than not. We have that desire to share our faith. Our faith maybe comes up in conversation and we share something uh, with our colleague, but it just seems to hit a brick wall. And so we seem to fail more often than not. But every so often, someone shows interest. Someone wants to know a bit more. And when you have those conversations, it's thrilling. You come away buzzing. The Holy Spirit comes alive in you as a Christian. Helps you to see that living the Christian life is thrilling as we step out for him. The question, how can we make sense of this when more often than not we seem to be failing? We seem to be hitting that brick wall. Well, this passage uh, that we look at this morning, uh, I'll be reading the parable of the sower from Matthew 13. Uh, and in this parable, Jesus gives us a great insight uh, into what happens uh, as we share our faith. He helps us to see what we are to expect as we pass on our faith. So as I speak, I'm going to give examples and stories of what this looks like and the way uh, the stories that we've seen amongst Christian sports over the last year uh, as an encouragement, as a testimony to that. Uh, and also I'll give, you, uh, give some guidance on uh, how we as an organisation practically help our Christians in sport to witness to their friends. But my prayer above all is that God's word, as we read it now, and as we hear God's word explained, that it would convict our hearts to move into action. Because ultimately sharing our faith starts with conviction. Do we have the conviction that the gospel is urgently needed in the world around us? So I pray now, as I pray, that that conviction would come this morning in our hearts and minds. Let's pray. Dear God, uh, thank you so much for this time we can come together. Thank you so much that uh, your word has been put down for us uh, to understand here. And as we meet together uh, as a church, and as we meet uh, throughout the week to read your word, may it challenge us, may it encourage us, may it inspire us, may it help us to know you more. But Lord, we pray that we would move from hearing into action. Help us to know what we can do differently this week from what we've heard. We pray this by your Holy Spirit and by your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So uh, if you've got a Bible, either on your phone or a hard copy, do open it up uh, to Matthew 13. Uh, the words will also come up on the screen, uh, but I will be speaking, referring to the passage quite a bit as I speak. Uh, so it's useful to have open uh, over the next short time, uh, but it will come up on the screen. So Matthew 13, 1 to 23 is what we're looking at. So Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, 
The plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone, hears the, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, make it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So do keep that Bible uh, passage open in front of you if you have it there. Uh, I'm going to just quickly uh, look at uh, verses 18 to 23 where we see that explanation. Uh, so we can see uh, why Jesus is using this parable. So he's speaking about a farmer who is uh, scattering the seed, sowing the seed into the ground, and he's using it as an analogy for help, to help us understand uh, what happens when we spread our faith. So we see in verse 19 that the seed lands on the path, and this is for those that simply won't listen. So they're unreceptive. They refuse to even consider it or be open to God. I wonder whether you have a friend or a colleague or a family member like that, who just simply doesn't want to hear it. The seed that falls on the rocky places, uh, in verse 20 and 21, is for those that are unfaithful. So they're enthusiastic at first, but then they slowly or quickly fall away. In verse 22, we see that this is the seed that lands uh, in the soil, but amongst the weeds. So this represents those that are Christians, but they are being unfaithful with their Christian living. So they've been unfruitful. They're not willing to give up what uh, the world offers for the sake of following Christ. They don't pay the price for what it means to give God the control in every aspect of their lives. 
And then the fourth seed is one that falls on fertile soil in verse 23. And that's for those that receive the word of God and want to obey it humbly and produce fruitful Christian lives that leads to great joy. You see here, uh, Jesus is speaking in verses one to nine to the whole crowd. So this is everyone. This is the disciples. This is uh, God-fearers. This is Gentiles. This is unbelievers. It's the whole crowd. And so, yes, there's a message for them. How are they receiving God's word? But in verse 10 onwards, Jesus is just speaking to the disciples. As Jesus says in verse 10, or as the writer says, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? So this dialogue between 10 and 23 is just between Jesus and the disciples. And so Jesus is helping the disciples understand what happens as God's word goes out. And so yes, there is a message for them as disciples. How are they receiving God's words? What are they doing with it? And that is a message for us this, this morning as well. But it also helps them to understand what happens as they scatter the seed to the world around them. It helps them to know what happens so that there's no surprises. Which then gives us great challenges, but also some great encouragements as we look at it. And I want to attack this with two questions. The first question is this which has two parts to it. Are you scattering the seeds at all? And where are you scattering? That's the first question. And the second question is, what are you scattering? So the first question, are you scattering and where? Firstly, we see in the farmer that God is a generous God who wants all to hear the truth. Notice in verse three and four that the farmer does not select and choose where he scatters the seeds. He just scatters. He knows that obviously he's trying to get the fertile soil, but he knows that at times the seed is gonna land on soil that is not fertile. But the point is he just scatters. He does not pick and choose. And so it is that we must not pick and choose where we scatter the seed. I find this really challenging. I don't know about you, but I find this incredibly challenging. It's so easy to be selective of who we share Jesus with or the good news or the gospel with, isn't it? We say in our minds, that person will never be interested. We think about an event or a church and inviting them and we say, no, they'll never say yes. And so what we do is we say no for them before they've had a chance to say no themselves. At Christian and Sport, uh, as Greg said, we, are, um, we want to encourage those that uh, play sport, officiate in sport, coach sport, to be involved in the world of sport. And I know a number of you here uh, play, coach or officiate in the world of sport. And we want, as Christians in sport, in the world around us here in Jersey, to be sharing our faith. Uh, and as we do that, we as an organisation put on events throughout the year, uh, which I've mentioned here before, uh, when I've visited before, uh, sports quizzes, beach volleyball tournaments, Sports Plus, which is our youth programme. And all these are sports-orientated events which have a gospel talk or an interview with a sports person about their faith. And so we encourage the 
rugby player in his team to invite his team, invite them to be part of a sports quiz team at that event, and it works really well. But we have a saying at Christian and Sports that goes like this, don't say no for your teammates. As you come up to that event, or as you come to church each week, don't say no for your colleague. And what I mean by this is that so often as we think about inviting them or uh, uh, entering a conversation of faith with them, we say no for them. We think they're not going to be interested. We think they're going to be resistant. We think that they're going to be totally put off. And so what we do is we shy away from the whole process of sharing God's words. See, what we see is in the first seed, the unreceptive ones, that first seed puts us off. It pushes us away. It puts fear in our hearts and our minds that we can't do this or that it's not worth doing. But what we see here is that Jesus helps us to understand that actually if we want to see the seeds landing on good soil, we must be willing to accept that the seeds will sometimes land on the bad soil. People will be unreceptive. That's what verse 15 says. Verse 15 says, as I read it out here, for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. We see that their hearts have become calloused. People's hearts are hard to God and his good news. Their eyes are blinded by the God of this age. So it's not us doing the wrong thing by sharing the good news with the world around us. It's not that we're putting people off by stepping out. It might feel awkward at the time. It might feel they, their body language changes. We've all been there, that kind of hollow feeling in your stomach as faith comes up and their body language changes and you think you've done something wrong, but it's not. It's just the fact their heart is not warm towards God. And here's the thing. I think the extent to which we are seeing the negative responses in the first seed is the extent to which we are perhaps successfully scattering. Now, let me explain what that means. If we are not seeing that first seed, then I wonder whether we're scattering at all or well enough. Because here's the point, we want to find that fertile soil, don't we? But what we can't tell is what's happening on the heart. We can't tell what's happening on the inside. And my experience as a Christian in sport, and many of you may have the same experiences, that so often what you see on the outside is not what happen, is happening on the inside. Those that actually seem the furthest away from God are actually the ones that actually deep down want to find out more. So we cannot say, how the seeds will land, but we've got to step out. Growing up, my mum uh, used to always tell me, Nick, if you don't ask, you don't get. And it was always really annoying because it was almost too, always too late to ask, so I always missed out. But the point is, when it comes to God's words and sharing our faith, if we don't ask, we won't ever see what might be possible. So we should be willing, that first question, are we scattering God's seed? 
and where are we scattering? Well, we should be willing to scatter and to scatter everywhere, knowing and trusting that God will do the work that he has promised he'd do in softening hearts and opening blind eyes. The second question is this, what are we uh, scattering? The parable of the sower asks us to think about what we are sowing in our friends' lives and in the community around us. And I'm particularly challenged by this uh, because as a Christian sport, I've, I've always wanted to share my faith and I've tried to have conversations here and there. I tried to make sure that I go to the match tea and stay with the, the team to try and have conversations, to share life. Uh, I tried to go on a night out on a Saturday night with the boys, even though I don't drink like they do. And I'm not trying to uh, pull a girl or, or find someone or get lucky, as they would put it. I'm not trying to do those things. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's not really where I want to be on a Saturday evening. I'd rather be watching something nice on TV with my wife. But I'm called and convicted to be there. And as I do that, I've tried to have conversations and they have, uh, I'm sure by God's grace, brought fruit at different points. But I'm challenged by this parable because it says it's all about sharing God's word. Look at the verses 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, if you have your Bible open, or if it comes up on the screen. You see that in each verse, what the, the, the farmer is sowing is God's word. It's all about God's word being heard and responding to it. And I had the joy of seeing God's word uh, make an impact in my teammates' lives back in September. I'll tell you a little story about how it happened. Uh, we had an Alpha course happening last autumn at St Paul's and so uh, I wanted to ask my teammates all if they would up, be up for, if any of them would be up for coming to the Alpha course. Uh, and a uh, mixture of responses, I won't go into some of them, some of them were quite uh, colourful, uh, but it was all good fun and banter as it is in sports teams. Uh, but a few of the boys messaged me away from the group message and said, actually, I would be interested. And those two lads said, I, we can't do it because we've got training on that night, but we are interested if there's another course. And so I thought, well, I can't miss this opportunity. I can't wait for the next course in a year's time. So. I thought to myself, why don't we meet, and I said this to these guys, I said, why don't we meet after work on a Tuesday, five till kind of 6.30ish, we'll have a coffee or a beer in a pub, and I will bring a little Bible passage along each week, and we will look at that passage and, and work out what it means for us. I'll be coming to it like you guys, and we'll be learning together. And I thought, they're never going to say yes to this, but amazingly, they did. They were up for it. So we met for around four or five weeks in September uh, and uh, in that time uh, we'd meet uh, and they uh, would come along and um, each week it was amazing to see them drawing closer to God's word. And this is how it worked. There's a, there's a template that will come up on the screen with a, a number of questions at the beginning, passage, and then questions afterwards. And we had the same template each time. So they became fam familiar with it. They knew what they were doing. There's a bit of uh, kind of a sharing life and sharing what's good and what's bad, high light, low light from the last week. And uh, so they got familiar to, familiar to the format. There was no surprises or shocks in there. And the Bible passage um, was there for them to dissect with a pen. So I said, right, spend five minutes now, read it, take it in, write questions, underline things, highlight things, look for re repetitive words. 
and then uh, we'll talk, talk about it afterwards. And the first week was a bit cold and frosty, uh, but conversation got going and they enjoyed it. Uh, but by the second, third, fourth week, they couldn't wait to see what passage we had. Because you see the bottom two questions, they started to see their eyes and their lives changing each week. As they thought about what they'd do differently that week, and as they told either their friend or their girlfriend or their parents, they could see that it was making a difference to their lives. And this model is based on Matthew 28, where it encourages us to go to teach, to obey, to teach Jesus and to obey. And that's what we do. We just meet together, teach each other, and we encourage each other to go and obey. And that's what we did. And it was amazing to see their lives change over those uh, number of weeks. And they went away to, and this is where I really see the power, I saw the power of God's word coming alive. Because they uh, went away uh, to LA for a cricket tournament, as you do in LA, uh, at the end of October. And uh, they were uh, determined to carry on reading the Bible, even though they were away from Jersey and away from what we were doing together as a group. And I thought, well, this, is, this sounds good, but it'll probably fall away. And they'll kind of get busy with the boys and they won't be interested. But each day they were messaging back and they're saying, Nick, what about this? Or how can we read about this? Or, you know, how can I uh, read something to help with my nerves before a big game? And uh, it was amazing, amazing to see this happening. And uh, I heard when the team got back, talking to a number of the other teammates were totally... Um, I mean, they were totally shocked in how these guys, their teammates, were reading their Bible before going out to bat. So in cricket, they'd be there waiting to bat, batting seven or eight, and they would be there with their Bibles trying to read and take it on board with their Bible notes. And so the other boys in the team were asking what they were reading. Some would be, you know, giving them a bit of a stick, but others were asking what they were reading and asking if they can read it as well. And what it made me realise was this, that I could have for five or six weeks told them what I believe and what the gospel message is through conversation. And we could have, and that's really good, and we should you know, still look to do that with our friends and colleagues. But by reading God's word with them, they were meeting God face to face through his word. They were getting trust with God and his word by opening it up themselves. So it meant that when I wasn't there or when they're away from home, they could still meet with God because they had God's word with them. It wasn't about me, Nick. They weren't meeting God through Nick. They were meeting God through his word. And one of those cricketers has now uh, gone on uh, strong in his faith. He became a Christian shortly after that time and is now going to one of the local churches and witnessing now to his teammates. He is now a disciple making disciples of his teammates. And it's incredible to see. And he now has another teammate who's joined us. So we're now meeting together as a group of four. So we see that the challenge to read God's word and to bring it into how we witness and evangelize is a big one, isn't it? You might be thinking, hang on a minute, Bible study. Have you not seen my colleagues or my friends or my family members who are so resistant? Just talking about faith is pretty hard, let alone opening a Bible passage. But the point is, when they do show an interest, think about that. Think about offering to read a little bit of Bible with them each week or whenever they can. 
Bring it into your witnessing and your evangelism. At Christian Sport, we have a saying called Pray, Play, Say, which is our model for evangelism. It's based on Colossians 4, 2 to 6. Uh, and uh, it goes, uh, you'll see that the words come up there, uh, but uh, we break this passage down into pray, place, say, three words, three simple words for sports people. They aren't always the cleverest, so we keep it nice and simple, uh, myself included. Uh, so we break it down to pray, place, say, and we want to encourage sports people to be praying for their teammates that they would have an opportunity to share their faith, first and foremost. Secondly, that they would live lives that are distinctive to Christ. That they would be different and salty to those around them. And then from that, that their friends and their family and their colleagues would notice that there's something different. And then from that, that there would be a conversation. And that's the link the writer makes in verses 5 to 6. He knows that when we live distinctive lives, in whatever context it is, people will take notice if we are praying. And when they do take notice, we can have an opportunity to say something, say something of the good news of the gospel. It says in verse six, full of grace. Where do we find full grace? We find full grace in the gospel. So as Jesus dies on the cross, that is the very heart of grace. As we as all human beings, broken before God, are brought to forgiveness as we accept Jesus as our saviour. That is where we find full grace. And so as Christians in sport, we want them to be praying, playing and saying for God's glory. But I think this passage applies in all contexts. And as we do this, I believe it will open doors for you. I encourage you just to go out this week and pray and see what God does with those prayers. And as people show an interest, and as people show warmth, then encourage, then think about what you can do next. You might share your testimony, you might share a little bit about your faith and why you became a Christian. You might share uh, a little bit of the gospel. You might invite them to church, you might invite them to an alpha course. You might encourage them to meet up to meet each week to read the Bible. So when you mention your faith, ask a question, ask them, where do they, did they go to church when they're younger? Did they grow up in a Christian home? Did they go to chapel at school? Just ask them something that is quite uh, non-confrontational, just to see how they respond. From there, I promise you, you will work out whether they're warm or not. If they're not, their body language will change, they'll tighten up and you'll know straight away they're not interested. And that's fine. The seed has not landed on the right soil. And that is God's work. You change the conversation, you start talking about the rugby or the cricket. But if there is warmth there, if there's a thread, they say, yeah, actually I've met a Christian recently at work and they're a good person. You know that there's something perhaps to go on. Or, yeah, actually something happened this year. It was pretty, pretty difficult for us as a family. You know, pretty tragic. It has made me think about life. These opportunities come when we pray. Pray, play, say. Pray this week and see what God does with, it, with that. So as I conclude now, what will you do with what you've heard today? 
See, this parable is a challenge to us. How will God's word, as it's been preached this morning, land in your heart and life? Will it land on the fertile soil? Will it produce fruit in your life? Will you see the local church and lighthouse built up as we go and make disciples of those around us? It will call us to think about how we use our leisure time. How do we use our leisure time? Do we spend time with people who are not in our church community? Of course, we spend time with those that are brothers and sisters in Christ and we build each other up. But my wife and I, we try to make sure each week we are spending at least an evening or an afternoon with those that don't have a faith, either lunch or dinner or a drink, just to make sure that we are sharing and spending life with those that don't have a faith so the doors can open from that. So can I encourage you this week to think about what you can do differently, to pray for opportunities and to see what God will do. Because the great news is, though we may face rejection, and when I sent that message out to my teammates, I faced probably 80% of rejection. Most people said no. But I found the fertile soil because I was willing, by God's grace, to step out. So will you step out, not just this week, but going forward to find that fertile soil? Let me pray. Dear God, as we come to this challenging parable, we're convicted in our own hearts about how we respond to your word as it goes into our hearts. I'm convicted myself about how uh, I can respond. Help us, Lord, by your grace and by your Holy Spirit to respond in a way that bears fruit. We know it's all about you, Lord Jesus. It's all about what you are doing in our lives. May we see many come to faith as we step out in boldness and courage for you. We pray for this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.